Hello and welcome to the Praying Wife Podcast. I'm your host, Corrine Cash, and I am so excited because today I am joined by the man that I love, who is my best friend, who's my lover, who's my partner. It's my husband, Ronnie Cash. And today we're having a live conversation to get a man's perspective. Honey, it's a pleasure to have you on the show, finally. (laughs) I've been trying to convince him to join me for a while now, so I'm just very excited that he's finally here. Why don't you say hello to everyone? Hello. How is everyone doing? I hope everyone's well. (laughs) We've been married for about 13 years now, and we've known each other for 17, I want to say. I think that's accurate. Mm -hmm. What would you say is the... Biggest thing that's kept us together for 13 years? God alone. Not God alone, but God, mostly God. It was, (laughs) and then other things that he probably put in place, as in people to be great influences and examples of great marriages. And also, you know, having his word there to, to lean on for a lot of wisdom and understanding and also just through prayer and really just having a faith based marriage and even through tough situations, just choosing to work at it and to press through. Yeah. And I mean, I think people get married and they say, okay, hey, all the work is done. I, I got her or I got him or whatever mm-hmm. the case may be. And they think, you know, no more work is involved, but, right. you know, it's com- the complete That's opposite. It starts. <laughs> it's, it's, it's always going to be work. It doesn't have to be hard or it doesn't have to be like a chore, but it is always going to be some effort involved and you get the benefit from the effort. Yeah. I mean, I think you made a good point. A lot of times we enter into marriage and we think that the dating period is the work. And when we cross the finish line per se at the altar and we say, I do, that the work is done. But in real honesty, <laughs> that the moment we say I do is the moment when the work starts. And not just make it seem like it takes, you know, it's hard work, like it should be laborious. But you have to choose every single day. I think for me, it's really the choice. Like every single day you wake up and it's a choice to stay married to this person, to continue to love this person because... We grow every day. We're becoming different people. But you have to make the choice consistently to walk down the same path with this person. I think about it like because of familiarity, there's a lot of things we like to complain about with our mate and be like, oh, I don't want to do this with my mate. But if you think about every other thing when it comes to your job, you choose to get up every morning and go to your job. Or, I mean, in today's pandemic world, you know, to go to your computer and work for eight hours. Then a lot of times you're like, oh, I, I don't like this guy I'm working for. I don't like this, what we uh, whatever the case may be in the workplace. But you still choose to do that because you realize the benefit is making an income and, right. and, and, and just furthering your career. And marriage is a, has a similar work and reward structure. You know what I mean? The work that you put in will obviously you reap great rewards just having a wholesome marriage having an abundance of happiness joy and all, all of the things that that come now what advice would you give let's say someone's listening and they happen to be a newlywed what what's one piece of advice that you would give them just starting out on this brand new journey uh well a lot of stuff we just said i mean because <laughs> people think after you get married the fun's over but really, all the fun stuff starts happening. <laughs> right. The work starts, but the fun stuff yeah, starts. But also, yeah, but also the, the, all the fun stuff. And um, 
I would say, though, everyone has their perception of marriage. Everyone receives many perceptions of marriage before they get married themselves, yeah. either through their home, when it comes to their parents, how their parents were. They have expectations that they bring into the marriage. I mean, I think and I hope everyone does counseling. You have to, have to, if you yes. can, have to do counseling before marriage. Some after marriage is needed too. It's, you know, it's always good to get it. But I mean, before marriage, and I think one thing the marriage counselors always say is, you, at least they should, is that don't expect what you've seen from your parents' marriage or from other marriages, from the movie marriages, the, you know, the perfect right. sitcom show marriages where everything is okay at the end of the 30 <laughs> at the minutes. End of the <laughs> you know, but uh, please try your hardest not to bring those expectations into this. And if they were great expectations, great, but it's not going to always be that way. Like, right. You may have the experience where, oh, I mean, my, my mom and dad had a great marriage for 40 however odd years. And you think, okay, this is this is what I'm going for. But sometimes... It's not going to be that way. Right. Every day is a different day. And you may think, oh, well, I'm not having that same experience. I need to get out of this or whatever the case. So yeah. just try your best to rein in your expectations and you right. make it what you want it to be through, like we said, the effort and the work. And another great point, because, I mean, take us, for example, right? And you talk about the expectations you bring in based on what you know. Mm -hmm. Like, you grew up in a household with both of your parents, mm -hmm. and they were married. Even when we got married, they were still together. They were yeah. so for X amount of years. I grew up in a single-parent home. And so I had a different experience and a different expectation for what marriage looked like. You actually had a, an example of what it looked like. So to you coming into marriage, you know, it's easy to say this is what marriage is because this is what my mom did. This is what my dad did. And for me, it's just whatever I've been taught or what I saw in the movies. So that's such a great point. Um, and I would give the same advice also. Not necessarily lower your expectations, but don't come in with a preset notion and actually impart that onto your spouse. The only, the only uh, example of what I would say bringing into the marriage, bring in the Christ example. Bring in the mm. God example of you do everything to him and he still loves you every day. You do everything <laughs> to hurt him. I mean, when we sin, we hurt God. We 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 we're not doing what he you know what he what he wants for us. We're yeah. not doing the best thing. We literally stray all the way, like the prodigal son strayed all the way. We go and do what we want to do, and he welcomes us back. There are some limitations when it comes to certain things, physical abuse and even some some is there are extreme cases, but I'm saying think about that. Think about loving your spouse the way God loves you. Yes, past his faults. Right, and then unconditionally, you know yeah. what I mean, through through a lot of the things. And if you start with this example as the expectation, you will reach the potential. Yeah, because coming along with that too is forgiveness, right? When mm -hmm. you come in with an open heart of loving past faults, then when they leave the toilet seat up, right? You're not you're not harboring those bad feelings, right? And of course, I'm just saying some just a little small crazy example, but but these are some of the things after a while that just starts to annoy us. Mm -hmm. um, but when we start to say, "I'm going to love my husband the way that Christ has shown His love for me," then we enter in a different dynamic. I would say into our marriages, and it mm -hmm. makes it easier. I mean, and the thing about it communication like you can't let these things bother you on the inside and you never say anything right you know right a foundational thing jesus told us what to do he didn't like expect us to 
you know, whatever, and then get mad. You're not doing what I'm thinking you should be doing, you know. <laughs> he's he's not expecting us to be mind readers. The plan was laid out clear, yeah. plain and simple. So, yeah. you know, it was, it was already known. And it's know? such a great point. That's one of the biggest things that couples at large struggle with. It's communication. Mm-hmm. Um, either not communicating at all, and so in that case being trying to assume that your spouse is a mind reader, mm-hmm. or not knowing how to properly verbally or non-verbally express how you're feeling in the moment. Mm. Um, And that's one thing that in order to have a successful marriage, communication is vital. You have to be able to express to your husband in a loving way or express to your wife in a loving way, this is how I'm feeling. Um, You said X, Y, and Z, this is how I felt about that. Yeah, and and even as an exercise we learned, I think, even in, in what you're saying, you, you tell your spouse how you feel, but then ask them what they heard. Yeah. Because strangely enough, we don't think alike. You know what I mean? Right. Men are from Mars, women are from Venus, like the book says. And it's true. Like We interpret the same words Differently. completely different. I mean, you see it in the movies a lot of time where someone will say a long spiel of something and then the man or the woman, the, the next gender says they point out one thing and they'd be like, that's all you received from that? That's all you heard right. from that? From I that said all of thing? this and that's, that's the only you thing heard, you heard. You know, and, and it's true. Like, we have ticking points. And if if you tick one point with your spouse, they're gone. They're deaf to anything else you say. They yeah. only hear that one thing. And maybe they don't even hear anything at all. Yeah. And it's true. that And that exercise, and I don't even know if we have time, if we can kind of do a demonstration oh, of no, that. I don't, I don't think we have enough time. <laughs> we should do a demonstration I because I think that it's such a good exercise. Every time when we talk to other couples about this, you know, it really does help. And to kind of give you a, a demonstration of it, if I said something like, you know, honey, you, I feel like you always, well, that's another thing. A, the, a, the a word. really simple example <laughs> And it's crazy. It, I mean, I think maybe it's just a lot of familiarity in our marriage. And we were working on the project, the the, the booklet thing. And and you said something oh like, boy, real thank, life example. you said, okay. thank you so much. And I was like, you saying that like I don't ever help or something. And it's like, mm. I, it's like you were literally just being straight up <laughs> honest. Thank you for helping me. Because maybe in your head you're saying, well, I know you're busy with a hundred things anyway, but thank you for helping me. But me, I'm like, oh, so you're trying to say I don't ever help you then. Uh, yep. It literally was cross and you had you explain the thing is you explained it right in the in the in the midst moment. of it happening that yeah. doesn't happen hardly any time in any most marriages i would say maybe they they probably stew on it for too long it turned long, into an argument and it turns into argument or even a, a silent treatment between the two of them over a simple miscommunication or you know loss of translation yeah and so. it's so funny because he's citing something that just happened i think that was today um <laughs> so you know these things come up all the time every single day but we've gotten to a point where you know that didn't turn into a thing because i've learned and we've both learned how to communicate and address things in the moment so like he said you know i asked him to help me with something and he did and i said thank you afterwards i was really appreciative but the way I guess I said it, he took it as a sarcasm of, you know, oh, thanks. You know, like you never, he literally heard, and this was not what I said, but he heard, thanks, you never do anything for me. Like it was a surprise thing that I helped you. Right, like he took it as a surprise. But in that moment, I realized and I said, okay, and very calmly, right, because it's, (laughs) it's easy for us to get offended even sometimes in the moment, especially when you know you said something and you didn't mean it a certain way and they took it a certain way. But it's important for us to, I think what's important, to be humble, to be humble enough to 
say calmly, okay, that's that's not what I meant. Let me say it again. This is what I actually meant. And I apologize if you took it in a different way, but that's not what I meant. And I think that is so key and so important. And you'll find that it'll help your marriage so much. And it'll help your communication if you guys can learn to kind of make sure that you understand what's being said. Because a lot of times, no matter how big or small, your spouse, you can be saying something and they're hearing something completely different. You know, it won't be it won't be something that happens all the time. Because I think even with us, we had some things in the past where we had the same loss in translation. But uh, eventually we say, okay, oh, she means this when she says that. Okay. Right, and like, right. And like you have the, you end up having the conversation in your own head and squashing it right there before it turns into anything that's really nothing. Yeah. It's very important. I mean, and that's communication based on when there's, you know, arguments. It's important to, to communicate, not just when things are bad, but it's important to show your spouse that you appreciate them. It's important to communicate, honey, I love you. Or, you know, I'm so grateful, even if it's something that they do all the time, just to show them that, you know, you guys are in this together and that you, you're you actually grateful to have them with you on this ride and this journey of life. No, yeah, for sure. And I mean, I think we tend to get on autopilot where it's the job, especially the kids, you yeah. know, there's so much things going on and I love you starts to lose its luster <laughs> or whatever. I mean, you know. Every now and then, I know my wife did something a couple months ago, I think, where she just, I went out to drop the kids to school, and I came back, and there was a note on the door. I don't do these kind of things, unfortunately. I'm not, I'm not I'm that the kind of type. Romantic. She had a note on the door saying, love you, I appreciate you, and then they come inside, and then there's another note on my chair where I do my, my studio work, and she has one there, and then it's another note somewhere, so... It, 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 you know, it, it, the thought really counts in, in what she did. It was, and it wasn't nothing spending no money or anything. It was right. literally just her writing something on some cards and leaving them in places she know I would, I would frequent, I would go to, and right. just stuff like that. I mean, and me normally, it's not that. Like, uh, I think when I go shopping, because I, I do quite a bit of a shopping, and yes, I'll get stuff. Yes, he spends more than I do. <laughs> I, will, I will get stuff, like stuff that she don't ask for, you know, like, because I know her. I know what she eats. I know what, what her little desserts or anything like that. I know those things. And she literally called me in the store. Hey, oh, if you're not on the line yet, get me this. And I'm like, it's already in there. You know, oh, <laughs> can you get this too? It's already in there. You know, and the little things here and there that it makes it always fresh and always living. Because the marriage is alive. And if you don't feed it... It's like any flower is going to eventually die. Right, right. Unfortunately. And and what's important to understand, and, and that actually takes me to something else I wanted to talk about, was understanding your spouse's love language. Um, mm-hmm. If you have never heard of the five love languages, I admonish you to go look it up. I even think it's the five love languages.com. If you can just not Google sure. it. I'm not 100% Hopefully. sure. But it's it's very important. And when you take the test, it lets you know what your love language is. I would tell you to let your husband take it. And it's something that you should do, I would say, even on an annual basis. Because as we grow as individuals, our mm-hmm. experiences change us. And so your love language might shift a little bit. And mm-hmm. so it really breaks down, you know, the way that you receive love. So for me and my husband has learned that my number one love language is, hun. 
Acts of service. Acts of service. <laughs> yes. So when he says about, you know, going to the store, grabbing me my chocolate cake or making sure I have lamb or something that he knows I absolutely like, or, you know, if he's picking up the kids or if he's doing the dishes, he knows that that's my love language. So when I see that, my body and my mind, I communicate, he that's the way he's showing me love and I receive it that way. For him, it's quality time. And so I plan a bunch of trips all the time. I'm always trying to do some type of trip or do something where we're spending time together because I recognize that that's his love language. Um, understanding what shows love to your spouse is vital because oftentimes you will find that the way that you receive love is not the same way that your husband receives love. So where another love language, physical touch, for my husband, it's like number two out of five. For me, it's number five of five, And right? And so he receives love that way, but I don't. So it's like, it's, it's important to know so you understand when you are, you know, trying to be affectionate to your husband or doing these things that you understand what their language is. No, yeah, totally. I mean, because I think the book is by Gary Chapman. Yeah, yes. he mm-hmm. in the book, he, he tells a lot of stories about a lot of different couples that he counseled on it and just total transformation. You know what I mean? Especially growing up, uh, unfortunately, you know, a lot of the things we watch movies or read magazines, whatever the case may be, it's a lot of stereotypes. And we think, oh, every person is the same. Women or men, we think they're all, we, we, we're trained to think they're all just one type. But no, we're all different types and we all have different needs. And I mean, the thing about it, I'm an introvert guy. So that changes everything all, all together as well, because maybe I don't like to be around a big crowd or different things. So it's, right. it's, we're all different. We all have different quirks, different ways we, uh, we receive love. Receive love yeah. so. And just different ways that, that we are in our personalities as well. Um, that's another another thing. It's, it was, I think it was 16 personalities. Um, oh. dot com again <laughs> please research this but just finding out like your strength your weaknesses if you understand your partner um, then you wouldn't be frustrated so much you know at certain things that they do if you understand them the way that their mind kind of works so it's all a part of getting to know your husband getting to know the, your wife getting to know what you know what makes your spouse happy what makes them sad what Drives them off the edge, what, you know, all, all of that. And knowing what drives them off the edge, not to push them off the edge. <laughs> right. Not, not to use it as a weapon, but to Because we say, do that sometimes, you know. It's true. We, we, we do. We, everyone has their buttons and our spouses know how to push them. <laughs> but we don't use that as power. We use that as wisdom and knowledge to, to defuse the situation. Yeah. And, okay, if I know we're fighting about this, I'm not going to do that because that's going to. You know, right. Raises to another level. And we're not trying to do that. We're trying to we're trying to have peace. <laughs> and and again with that, you know, successful marriages, it's gonna come with a lot of humility. Um, a lot of biting your tongue. Um, because it's it's for the greater good. It's no longer just you in in a in the relationship. It's it's you and someone else. And so it's being considerate of their feelings, like we said, knowing the buttons, what drives them crazy, but knowing it not for a manner to use it, but knowing that, okay, I'm not going to do this. I can say a lot of things back to you, but I know that that's going to hurt you in a certain area. I'm not going to say that. And it's about being the the bigger person, the bigger person. And, you know, another thing I think we learned either in our counseling or maybe it's in one of the books we read was you don't let the problem, whatever the problem is you're doing, be yes. between both of you. Let it be both of you 
fighting against fighting against the, the problem because a lot of times it we let the problem sit in the middle and it's like it's you versus me and we're gonna duke it out to the death but you know <laughs> it's really until the death of the problem we are a team and we gotta maintain teamwork throughout everything you know yeah that was one of the biggest lessons i think that that we <laughs> learned and it's such a good nugget to take um if you don't take anything else it's whatever situation or you know thing that you guys are dealing with as a couple don't let it get in between you don't look at it as i am having an issue with my husband on this mm. i have a problem my husband doesn't do that whatever it is don't let it come in between you but rather imagine yourself bringing your spouse next to you separating the problem and saying that this is something we will together fight against. Mm -hmm. So now it's how can I help you help us, right? How can I help you so we can defeat this situation and this problem together? Right, right. Well, I think we're kind of getting out of time now. <laughs> and um, hopefully I'm going to see if I can get my husband back because this has been a great conversation. There's just so many different things that we can go into. And I'd like for us to, you know, talk about stuff like, finances, which Ooh. a lot of couples yeah. fight over, um, continuing on the communication about moral fences. We are actually in the process of writing a book, and we talk about all of these in different chapters. And I'd kind of like to give our, our viewers just a, a little sneak peek, because there's a lot of marriages that are hurting. And I think there's just so many different tools and so many resources and so many simple things that we can kind of use to apply to help it just in such a great way just by doing little things. So I want to thank my dearest husband. Yay. <laughs> thank you Glad so much. Thank you so much for joining us today. I invite you all to visit our website at theprayingwife.com. Catch up on any past podcast episodes you may have missed. You can sign up for notification of new episodes, meetups, and more. And while you're there, send us a message. Download some free declarations. They're there for you. Join our community of Praying Wives online. You can like us on Facebook. You can be a part of the private Facebook group. There's so many women around the world. They are praying. We are talking. Um, we are inviting God's grace and covering our families. And we just invite you to be a part of what God continues to do. I'm your host, Corrine Cash. This has been another Praying Wife broadcast. I pray that you have been blessed and I decree over your life that you are beautiful. You are powerful. You are made in the image of God and you are loved. God bless you and we'll see you next time.